0: What's going on FA Nation? Welcome back. Talking Kansas this week for NASCAR DFS. I'm Dan Malin, joined by the FSWA three-time NASCAR Writer of the Year, Matt Sells. Matt, it's been a rough stretch the last two weeks for NASCAR DFS. I think that's just the consensus across the entire industry. Um, it happened last week at Darlington pretty bad. Uh, just... The chalk coming through, but then the Dominators that we were looking at just kind of blowing up in our faces. It it was absolutely a very, very rough week.
1: It was, uh, generally speaking, a rough week. Um, obviously, getting a wreck that caused as many cars not to finish at Darlington as Talladega <laughs> is not what we would consider normal for Darlington. Um. And then just all sorts of just random issues happened. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely a rough week. But I do want to point out, though, that I did see this from um, some others in the in the industry that went back and looked at their reads for the guys they built around. And then especially the guys that, uh, you know, we, we individually bet on for outright winners. And so... I'll recap that a little bit. So in my PicksWise piece, I had four picks for outright winners. It was Kyle Larson, Ross Chastain, Tyler Reddick, and Eric Jones. None of those were outright terrible plays. Larson led a bunch of laps, looked very good, and then wrecked uh, battling for the lead. Same thing happened with Ross Chastain. He looked good. Tyler Reddick finished second. Okay, can't complain about that. Eric Jones looked pretty good and then had an issue late. So, yeah, it was nuts. It was not the DFS outcome that we wanted. Uh, but I do still feel like, aside from the big one, which nobody saw coming, I kind of feel like I like the read on the race was a good one. Um, Just didn't always work out. Sometimes you can read a race really well and it doesn't work out. Sometimes you can read a race terribly and it does work out. Right? Um. So that's kind of the last of the new tracks, really. I mean, Darlington was kind of a, a repeat of some tire rare tracks we'd seen earlier. But now we get to actually, like, pull data from races we've seen elsewhere on the schedule this year. So that's, that's pretty nice, right? Like, we were bemoaning that early <clears> in the season, and now we have actual data we can pull from.
0: No, it feels like we're getting into a nice stretch of the season where we have a large enough sample size to, I guess, feel better about our reads. I mean, my big problem last week with Darlington is that, you know, after Dover, the the first stage in Dover, there was the rain delay, and they had to raise it on Monday, and I was up big during that rain delay. And even in my head, I was like, well, this doesn't really feel like it's going to hold. And then once they completed Stage 1 – Denny's tire fell off. And I'm like, okay, yeah, there there essentially goes my day. And so my day ended early with Dover. We come to Darlington. Once again, my day kind of ended early just because I was so heavy on Kyle Larson. But then I was scrolling through my lineups and I'm like, I still have a couple lineups that are still alive. At the start of stage two, I was in a four or five way tie for first in the Chrome Horn, And as they're rolling off pit road, I look at it. And sure enough, like it's it's me and four of the people, and I'm like, you know what, this probably isn't going to hold either. But I'm just going to go charge my phone, and I'm not going to look at it. And as I'm plugging in my phone and setting it down in my bedroom, there is a tweet notification from Pocaris, because I get notifications from Pocaris ahead of Rex and car- and and flags, and it says, "Caution for Ross Chastain as he pu- as he spins out." And I and I just let out like the loudest f bomb ever, because this was really. And sometimes when you have a bad week but you have one great lineup, you always, like, tweet the screenshot and you say, yeah, sometimes it only takes one lineup. That was my one lineup. <laughs> and, yeah. and and I wasn't trying to get too far out of myself. I wasn't trying to get too cocky. But I'm like, this is the only lineup I have left really in the Chrome Horn. it's in first. I'm going to set my phone down. And I was trying not to look, but as I'm plugging it in, putting it down, I get the pockers notification, and sure enough, I go and look at my screen. Chastain spins out as they re, as they start stage three, and there goes my last lineup. And so I still tr- I'm still trying to r- remind myself that the reads have been good. I've liked my exposures the last couple weeks. I feel like I'm hitting. I, I'm getting good exposure to these contrarian options that we're getting that are starting. You know, between like thirteenth and twentieth, that no one really plays because you know you're either trying to target dominators or you're looking for value plays. But there are these values you know, between 6K and 8K on DraftKings. And it's like they're starting in these teens, and if they get a top eight finish, like, they're going to break the slate. I've had those. And I feel – I felt really good about my Dominators too with Denny Hamlin the last couple weeks. But obviously that hasn't worked out. So I'm still trying to trust my reads because the results have not been there. But, you know, I'm getting instances where it's like we're getting – far more cautions than we're used to at Darlington. We're getting tires coming off of tar- uh, off the cars at at Dover. And so I'm hoping with just a simple basic cookie cutter mile and a half track like what Kansas is, I'm hoping to finally like just get back on the right track and get back into the winner's circle because it's been a minute since I've profited on NASCAR DFS.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I you know, I'm, I I think everybody if you follow, you know, we're in some groups with NASCAR, we obviously follow each other on Twitter, you know, have conversations, all that good stuff. Heck, Dan was on Ryan Larkin's pod a couple of weeks ago. So we're all good friends with with a lot of these folks. And everybody in the industry is saying the same thing. Yeah. That, like, our reads have been right. And I know that that sounds like a cop-out when people haven't been winning. But if you honestly go back and look at... Here's the strategy we used to build the lineup. Was it working? Yes. It was, in fact, working until things happened that we've never seen happen at Darlington. Right? That was the fewest amount of cars to finish a Darlington race in a very long time. Joey Logano won from the pole, which basically hasn't
0: happened at Darlington. In well, like he had to years. run through William Byron to get there. He
1: did run through William Byron. And by the way, I will give credit to all of the door bumper clear guys. Who said that that was just a BS move? Including his former spotter, too. TJ Majors was his former spotter. Um, he called it a, a a bad move because there was two plus laps left. Yeah. He could and and Byron was out of tires. Like you could tell that all the gun I had to do was try to pass him, and he was gonna pass him, right? Um, so. Is Byron gonna retaliate? No, he's not gonna retaliate
0: until like the championships on the line, right? Like, well, I think him he could. Or, I think he could see him retaliate in the All Star race. I don't think so. Cost him a million dollars. I
1: because here's the thing: with that win, Logano's now in the playoffs, right? <clears throat> yeah. That ended a forty race winless streak for Logano. I think that Byron holds it just like. Um, who went after Chase at the, at the Roval? Was it Harvick? Was it Harvick who went after?
0: But then Harvick saw Chase in his rear, rear mirror and then wrecked right, himself. Right, and then wrecked himself, <laughs> right.
1: I think Byron holds it in his pocket. I think Byron waits until a moment like that where it's like, okay, it's either him or me that's making it on. Or... I'm out of it, but I'm going to ruin his chance, just like he ruined my shot for a win. And he's going to he's going to retaliate in the last ten races of the year. That's what's going to happen. I and don't Hendrick know. Hendrick Camp I... is way too. The Hendrick Camp's been on point. To, be to blow it on a million dollar paycheck, especially when Logano already won an exhibition race this year. So it's not really going to hurt him very much.
0: All right. Let's turn our attention to Kansas. I don't want to dwell too much on the past two races. I will say one more thing. I can't tell if I picked a great week or a bad week to invest a lot of crowns on my NASCAR DFS entries. I didn't win. (laughs) I mean, I got, if I'm talking about like, oh, when DK sends you a a push notification at like 1 a.m. Monday morning, and they're like, you won X amount of dollars. Uh, I still took a hit, but I did enter a lot of contests using crowns. So I guess I can't tell if like I want to do that and lose or if it's well, just like cuz like I entered the $121 single entry contest for the first time ever and I used it and I used only crowns that I've been saving for almost a year. <laughs> and I got nothing out of my my like responsible saving. <laughs> yeah, I picked it I picked a it race where a bunch vehicle. of chaos Happened and I blew all my
1: on that. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't cash out of your bankroll.
0: No, it wasn't. I mean, I still put some of that in. I lost like probably about a hundred dollars of cash when it's all said and done, right? Um, But you
1: played a couple hundred bucks, so you really only lost like half of it in actual cash out of pocket.
0: uh, All right, yeah. It happens. It sucks, though. Uh, all right, Kansas mile and a half track. Um, the banking's relatively hot. Let's just do a full track breakdown, cause I know it's it's not out yet, is it? No, it'll be out on
1: Friday morning about the, or Friday some point, um, cause it's a two day show this weekend. So you know, there's nothing on track until Saturday. Um, so
0: you know, just gonna. Put the track breakdown out there on Friday. I feel like what I know about Kansas is that it's a mile and a half. It's relatively high banked, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, And the tire, okay, I was wrong there. But the tire combination or like the tires they use are very specific to this track.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I don't know if that's changed with the new 18-inch tires or not this year. Uh, I actually haven't necessarily been tracking if there's different tire codes that they've been using, I'm sure that there are. Um, I believe they did a tire test out here last year in the next gen car, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember who partook in that. Uh, I can find out for those that are interested. Um, but it is a generally, so it's got progressive banking. Okay, so the closer you are to the apron, the shallower the banking, the closer you are to the wall, the steeper the banking. That being said, it's not quite as steep as let's say vegas it's close but not quite as steep as vegas certainly not as um it, it's kind of also in the ballpark of turns three and four uh on darlington because those are at 23 degrees the other one was at 25. um so it's a relatively it's a shallower track but it is a multi-groove mile and a half even in the last uh generation of car it was producing very good racing um, you had multiple lines, you could take the high line and get them, you know, the momentum and the run off the high line or you could take the shorter way around and try to cut off the run down the uh, down the straightaway. So it's, you know, in terms of package on the cars this week, it's almost identical to what's has what's been run there the last few years. Um, so I would expect to see pretty similar racing to what we saw at Auto Club, to be quite honest. Um, And what we should, you know, you could comp, I guess, Homestead to it. You could comp Vegas to it. You could theoretically comp Dover to it because running order, I've seen, correlates pretty well to running order at Kansas. Um, But, yeah, generally speaking, any kind of intermediate um, track correlates pretty well to, to Kansas. So we'll be looking at that this week, and this is one of my favorite tracks on the schedule. Can I ask why? Just because it gets the multi-groove racing. It always seems to okay. produce uh, very good, you know, dramatic finishes. We had that Brad Keselowski shocking win here a couple of years ago. Um obviously Kyle Bush won the Bushy Mick Busch race <laughs> 100 I here. About that. Uh, <laughs> so we've seen you know, we've seen some great this was also the site of A race a few years ago where like all of the top 11 failed inspection and had to start in the back and so you had like the fastest 11 cars starting in the back of the back and it was just chaos for dfs i don't think that's going to happen this week but we'll see but it just creates very very good racing um and who's good early doesn't necessarily wind up being good late here
0: so keep that in mind.
1: mind that's why i you know
0: tend to like it All right. Um, As far as my schedule goes, I only have the trucks this week. I noted in the playbook last week for the trucks. This basically kicks off a sprint for the trucks up until their playoffs. Because, I mean, from February, March, and April, they only had, like, six races. And then from here until basically when their playoffs start at the end of July, they have, like, eight, nine, or ten races. I don't have the number off the top of my head. We basically get racing every week. When the Cup and Xfinity Series are off for Father's Day in June, the trucks will be running dirt. We get truck races pretty much every week for the next couple months, so dig in. It's going to be a marathon. Uh, my playbook will be up Saturday morning. That's just going to be kind of a general overview, just because, as Matt noted a few minutes ago, we don't have cars on track until Saturday. That goes. I for believe both
1: are is truck. Oh, trucks is practicing and qualifying in the morning,
0: right? Yeah, and then they yep. race at eight o'clock at night on Saturday. Right, and then cups.
1: By the way. <clears throat> Cup practice is late on Saturday. It's like 5.30 Eastern is when cup practice and qualifying gets kicked off, I believe. It might be 5 Eastern, but it's one of those two. So it's a late-ish, like, Saturday, early evening practice qualifying session. So a lot of my content won't be out until late Saturday.
0: That's perfectly fine. No F1 race this week. Uh, nope. They are back with Spain. Next weekend followed by the Monaco Grand Prix for arguably one of the greatest days of racing uh, every year. Um, and, I don't know.
1: And, and by the way, the little teaser, I may or may not have some uh, three race parlay content type stuff out for Sunday of Memorial Day weekend. Uh, it's in I'm in talks with you know, the folks at Pixwise, we're trying to figure out what we're gonna do, but there might be a betting piece that hits on the Monaco Grand Prix, the Indy 500, and the Coke 600 all in one piece to try to pair some some bets for that one. So keep your eyes peeled for for that content. Want to start breaking down the field? Yeah. Oh, and I guess you want to hit the, the All-Star Race now real quick before people realize we're not covering it? Oh,
0: yeah. Uh, no podcast and no playbook for the All-Star Race.
1: Yeah. Which we, sounds we, like we, a bummer, like
0: but... As far as the podcast goes, uh, we know 20 drivers in the field and we know four more will be added. If you need us to break down a 24 driver field just to tell you that everyone's in play. I mean, that's as far as the analysis goes, but once we know the field and the and the and I guess the starting order, I mean, we we'll, we will be in Discord. I'm not going to play it super heavy because Matt and I'm I, I not were just playing it all. I'm just going to be honest. I mean, I'm going to play it just because I want the Iron Man credit, but uh, the the way the scoring is set up, with with how they break up this race more than ever, there's going to be a pit stop contest. It's just I might do three lineups and call it there's a day. four
1: stages for like a hundred and twenty five lap race. Yeah. And by the way, if the final stage doesn't have a natural caution halfway through it, they're going to throw a caution so they bunch up the flags. They're bunch up the field so that you get a twenty five lap sprint for a million dollars. Yeah. And then. The field, like, inverts for the finals. Like, it's insane. Just go look up the format, and you'll understand why it makes zero sense to do a playbook or a podcast work. Um,
0: so we'll be – I will at least be in – So will I. We'll be in the Discord answering questions if you have line, if you have any inquiries about lineups. Don't play cash for nope. a 24-driver field. That's just silly. You know, play a couple three-entry contests if, if you're trying to just manage bankroll. Get the Ironman credit uh truck and Xfinity will be running uh in season races so they will at least be competitive have a full field of drivers I will have playbooks for both of those uh but let's talk Kansas because as we noted earlier in the week before we had salaries there were four drivers that opened as 10 to 1 odd co-favorites they are Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Martin Truex Jr., and Denny Hamlin, they range from eleven thousand one hundred for Larson, ten nine for Elliott, ten four for Truex, ten two for Hamlin. I personally said Denny Hamlin was obviously the biggest value of those four because he's the cheapest, and they all opened with the same odds. I've liked the speed, obviously. Um, the results have not been in my favor the last few weeks. He's had a lot of bad luck, but still. Over his last two races, 49 fastest laps, 109 laps led, and that's including a race where the tire fell off, and he just has had crap luck the last two weeks. Only Still only one top 10 finish on the year, and that was when he won Richmond over a month ago.
1: Yeah, but I saw a crazy stat. This Go week. ahead. Cody Ware has outscored yeah, I know. in half of the races this year. Yeah, but... I know, I know, there are extenuating circumstances, I'm just saying, if you look at pure DK scoring, Cody Ware is averaging more points per race than Denny Hamlin right now, that's how
0: nuts this season has been Yeah, But there's a reason that Cody Ware is over half, (laughs) is is 4600 Denny Hamlin Yes,
1: because it's Cody Ware, and it needs an absolute, just crazy day from Denny Hamlin for Cody Ware to be anywhere close to that guy in the field. Um, I will say that right now on DK, I see four drivers at seven to one. I see Kyle Bush, Kyle Larson, Denny Hamlin, and Chase Elliott. Then I see Byron Chastain and Truex at 10 to one. So, you know, you and I were talking a bit earlier in the week about, could we correlate DFS pricing to Vegas odds? Right? Like, Is there a way, not a direct correlation, but, like, could you infer something from, okay, if Vegas thinks this guy's a favorite, but he's also cheaper, does that suggest that he would be the better value for DFS? That's how I
0: read it initially. But I feel like you have to also keep in mind, like, the lines are going to move. So you have to keep in mind, like, who's getting shorter as the week progresses and who's going longer. Right. So far, they haven't, like, the top several
1: haven't changed. Now. Once practice and qualifying happen, we'll see what happens when they re-release the odds. Because I guarantee you, whoever has a very good qualifying session is going to be shorter odds than they started out, right? Um, but right now, it's kind of hard not to go with Kyle Busch of that group. He's 9800 bucks. He usually does very, very well at Kansas. That wasn't always the case. But then what did they do? They reconfigured the track. And since they reconfigured the track, he's been just phenomenal here. In the last five uh, races at Kansas, he's got an average finish of 9.6. He's won. He's got three top fives. Uh, so that's that's really pretty impressive. It's not necessarily an overwhelming average finish, given that puts him about sixth or seventh in the field in that span. But that's still really good, and you're getting a discount from him. And Vegas right now thinks he's basically an equal favorite. And let's not forget he's got a newborn baby narrative going. Right? They had their – they welcomed their new daughter yeah. earlier. this <clears throat> week. Glad everybody is safe and happy and home. And um, hopefully Kyle Busch doesn't just park his car on Pitt Road this week <laughs> and leave
0: <laughs> and – Claim he couldn't make the corner. Um, I've had friends text me and they're like, "How can you keep making excuses for that guy?" I'm like, "What, what excuses do I need to make? He's fantastic! Like, I mean, he's such a great villain. Like, how do you not just lean into it and love the guy for that?" Because it like that's just that's just a crybaby move. Of course and, it is. Right. So grow up hair, man. But the last time he did that, you know, he was at risk of hurting people, like, as he drove the car to the garage. No,
1: that's because he sped. <laughs> that's because he drove at race speed through <laughs> the garage area. This one, he just <laughs> flat gave up. Like, ask why he's not still with Hendrick, because he gave up and <clears throat> didn't finish a race, and they put Dale Jr. in a car. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's cheaper He's been very good of late. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, the top guys are always going to be the top guys. I, it's hard for me to splice the top. I don't know. If we go down to like Blaney at 9,100, right? Anybody above that, it's pretty hard to
0: splice them here. They all have pretty respectable records. Somebody tweeted out earlier, though, that in like seven of the last eight or so uh kansas races and i apologize for not knowing who tweeted this out i'm gonna feel like I, I feel like i'm about to just steal somebody's stat and i and i feel awful for is it like ryan from my fantasy race i actually think it was at ryan from my fantasy race he tweeted out like bowman's finished yes at the top 11 and seven of the last kansas races and i think that's pretty noble no notable for a guy over 9100 9100 over the blaney line i guess we'll call it
1: yeah, I mean the only one who's got the sketchiest history here of that group, and I apologize for if you can hear what's happening outside the window. Do you have got a, a cop th- car outside your window, Matt? No, there's a there's a thunderstorm that's that's rolling on through because oh. it hit ninety five here in Nebraska today, and that's what happens in the Midwest. Um, the only one of this group that has probably the sketchiest history here so far is Ross Chastain, right? But we all know it's because of the equipment. This year, you can't doubt what the guy's been doing, okay? You're wearing a hat from his team right now.
0: I am. Um, so but it's a it's, Suarez hat. Oh,
1: well. Well, okay. I bought
0: it when they didn't have any Chastain gear. I'm actually going to check <laughs> their website right now.
1: Um, now, that being said, obviously, he ran very well at Darlington, wrecked out. Didn't get the finish he deserved, so he only put up nine DK points, right? Bristol Dirt put up nine points, but we really can't count that. It's Bristol Dirt. Elsewhere, though, he put up 69 at Martinsville. Nice. 65 at Talladega. 84 at Dover. So, like, you can't doubt what the guy's been doing right now, so I'm
0: not even sure track history matters. I'm on track. Trackhouse's website they've updated it they just they still have like daniel suarez gear and they have just like straight up track house apparel but they don't have anything specific for, for ross chastain not even like a stuffed
1: watermelon you could buy
0: just i mean they have some pretty just straightforward hats i might get a hat and maybe this like this uh black skull graphic t-shirt because it looks pretty dope but they have sweatshirts and t shirts for Daniel, Daniel Suarez. They have hats for the 99, which I'm wearing one of them. They just, how do you not have anything for your two time winner? And maybe it's sold out, it's back ordered, and they can't get it. Uh,
1: maybe. I'll give uh, them the benefit of the doubt.
0: I'm going to try to keep giving them the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> uh, I would really love some just like solid, like number one track house gear. Anyway, all right, so we're like, moving on. Who'd you just I finish talking one, about? I didn't say I didn't want to make it sound like I was ignoring you, but I was kind of enthralled that like Trackhouse updated their website. I guess
1: the one at this price point that I'm probably going <laughs> to either ignore or go lightest on is Martin Truex Jr. Okay. I just don't like what I've seen or not seen from the 19 team right now. Like they can't find consistent speed in that car. Um, well, I think they've had it the last two weeks.
0: It's just they haven't really had the result.
1: Yeah, I mean, they ran well at Dover. He started 18, finished 12th, 56 fastest laps. That's pretty good. He finished 24th at Darlington, but again, caught up in that huge thing where 13 cars didn't finish that race. Like There was only 36 on the track to begin with, so Mm -hmm. that's that's not great. Um, But he did lead 28 laps. He had 12 fastest laps, so... I would – but I still think ten four is a little steep to be paying for Truex right now.
0: Um, I know we try to bounce around ranges right now, but I've been talking about Kevin Harvick as a pretty reliable cash game play. Um, the price tag is still only $8,700. It's a mile and a half. He's, he's rolling in with three straight top tens. Sure, they've come on all different kinds of tracks, but overall the floor has been solid for Kevin Harvick, and that doesn't really – Feel like it'll change for this week unless you know it's going to depend on where he qualifies i get it um but at 8700 screw it i can get on board in cash
1: yeah i mean in four in so in the last five kansas races he's put up ninth fourth second second third mm. and it hasn't really much mattered where he started because he's done that from 40th first fourth fourth and 11th so doesn't really, matter. Now the fortieth was that race I talked about earlier, where like everybody failed tech inspection and they got moved to the, like they, got literally their qualifying times wiped off, and they all started from the back and counted from there. Um. So yeah, Harvick keeps rolling in with top tens. He keeps rolling in with good scores. This is a track that fits him. He's continued to put up pretty good I mean the only one he missed value on was Dover because he put 39 points on the board at 9300 bucks so he missed it a little bit there um but other than that he's been really quite quite solid so yeah I I don't know what they're doing with the pricing on Kevin Harvick Like, why is Tyler Reddick 8,900 and Kevin Harvick
0: is 8,700? Why is. And why is
1: Blaney more than Reddick right now?
0: It's almost like DK just keeps banking on that narrative. Like, maybe Tyler Reddick wins this week. And, uh. I mean, he he was runner up second
1: twice in the last four
0: races. Yeah. And he dominated. Uh, he was very fast at Auto Club. He was third in Phoenix, grabbed a top five at Coda. The the ceiling is always so high with Reddick, as we know. Um, man, we're still waiting on that first win.
1: Yeah. I mean, we waited a while for Chase and then the lid came on. So I mean he finished seventh in here like two races ago.
0: That's pretty good. I'll take that. What's Three read Bell this week, he's been actually pretty damn solid the last... I mean, if we're looking back to, like, Coda finished third, Richmond sixth. Uh, Martinsville started seventh, finished 20th, not great. Finished seventh at Bristol Dirt. Uh, fourth at Dover, sixth last week at Darlington, even though he started third. I mean, I don't know, he's just, he's just good for top ten. I just want him to start, like, 15th. I don't like seeing him start inside the top ten. So yeah, like...
1: it does cap the upside some, but he's got the same number of top 10s as Kevin Harvick.
0: Yeah. So, so it's just, you know, Harvick's always been the better DFS play because he's just starting further back.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, that bears itself out with, you know, Harvick putting up a slightly better average finish, 12-9 to 15 this year. Yeah. But Harvick is good for 39 points on average on DK, and Bell is at, like, twenty seven and a half. So the PD is there for Harvick generally speaking, and that's kind of been my issue with with Bell. Is it like he's starting high enough that if he just holds his spot, he hits value, but there's no, like, major upside there because I don't see him leading a bunch of laps usually. He's led a decent amount recently, but not, like, it's been a little bit of a surprise to see him up front, right? So – that's kind of my only issue with Bell is that, yeah, we need him starting a little further back. Like, he did it at it, it Dover, right? Starting 17th, finishing 4th. That's what we need. We don't need him starting 7th or 3rd and finishing in the top 10.
0: That's fair. Um, what's the read on Austin, Dillon this week? I try to get exposure almost every week just because, you know, on the off chance that he gets one of these 2nd, 3rd place finishers or God willing, a win. Um, you know, I, I want that exposure and I actually like that. He's $500 cheaper from last week. He's a solid eight grand, um, depending on where he's starting. I mean, he could go out, get a top five, but I mean, he's, he's shown a relatively good shot at just finishing in the top 10 with some PD. Uh, he's call in the
1: top 10 in half the races this
0: year. Yeah. Like I, I don't trust him enough just cause there, there's a stigma with him that it's like, I can't play him in cash games unless he's starting outside the top 20, but uh, he's been a really strong DFS play this
1: year. And uh, by the way, in the last three races here at Kansas, he's finished 11th, 10th, and 10th. Yeah. So, and in those races, he started 17th, 6th, and 14th. So the only one that you're, like, not happy with is starting 6th and finishing 10th. But starting 17th and finishing 11th, and starting 14th and finishing 10th, you'll take from Austin Dillon in the mid-tier all day uh,
0: let's head to this 7k range I can tell you right now once again I'm gonna I am ready to be hurt by Brad Kislowski
1: <laughs> you are just a glutton for punishment yeah okay.
0: and you know what the car always looks pretty solid uh, I actually I think except with the exception for last week something went wrong early on with him I think he it's called spinning an, on
1: pit road and Trent. yeah
0: he caused a very early caution um, but the price just keeps dropping. And I'm convinced that there he is- shows
1: he's not worth the previous price,
0: Ugh. but he's worth 74. <laughs> but is I said he, this week, be like 79. Like,
1: um, okay. So the last time he was 7400 bucks was Richmond. Yeah, he finished 13th and had 10 fastest laps, put up 41 points. Okay. I mean, that's fair. It definitely, the season definitely started better for him than it has been recently. I'll give him credit for that. But, like, there was a stretch there where he put up three straight weeks of 40 points. But let's face it, one of them was a plate race at Atlanta. One of them was a road course in which he used Ty Dillon as a freaking bump stop in the the 90-degree turn because he wasn't going to make the turn, so he just ran right over Ty Dillon. And the other one was Richmond, which, okay, good track. Congratulations. One good race. That's not, like, your specialty.
0: I am going to keep playing him until he goes off for, like, 60 points somehow. Okay. (laughs) I'm glad I'm alone. I, 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 (laughs) like,
1: I literally, (laughs) I'll play him at Daytona. I'll play him at the second... Atlanta race. I'll play him at Talladega. I'll, I'll if he's starting anywhere near Ty Dillon on a road course. I'll play him because then he has <laughs> he has a built-in break. But like,
0: <laughs> I I don't know. That car is terrible right now. Well, all right. Consider who he's priced around. So Eric Jones is three hundred dollars more. Daniel Suarez is one hundred dollars more. Austin cindrick is one hundred dollars less. eric almarola is two hundred dollars less. Kurt Busch is 7,100, which seems a little absurd. Then you look at his, you know, recent results really lately, and you're like, yeah, I kind of get it, but I don't know, man. Like, I just feel like Kieslowski, the driver is not worth 7,400. I understand the car is probably more worth probably 6,700, which is what Chris Busher is this week, uh, his teammate, but I'm consistently getting low ownership on Brad Keselowski. I'm talking like 8 to 12% ownership on him in GPPs. And one of these weeks it's going to happen where he just goes off, but I don't want him to go off when he's like starting outside the top 25 or top 30 when everyone is going to blame him. I want him to keep qualifying just inside the top 20 and I want exposure to him when he eventually finishes 5th. I
1: will I would play I would play Busher over Keslowski. Uh look, if if we're saying the last generation of car here is pretty similar to the package that's on this car. Yeah. Chris Busher in th- in three of the last five races here has finished thirteenth, eighth, and twelfth. In those races, he started twenty-sixth, sixteenth, and twenty-first. Yeah. So he's moving up. He's getting you eight spots of PD in those three races. Now, the other two he did wreck out a little bit, but that helped. That, I mean, it literally happens with everybody, right? Um, just ask Ed Rouse about Ryan Blaney, <laughs> or don't ask Ed Rouse about Ryan Blaney. Um, you know, Busher's been—he's been solid. I mean, last last week at Darlington, started 18th, finished 16th. Twenty nine points. It's sixty nine hundred bucks. I would take that. Apologies, my cat is using the litter box at the moment.
0: Um, In there,
1: you know it's look. This team is clearly a step below where they were last year. They are. It's clear, right? This new car, they were not ready for it. Whatever, they can't find the speed. Whatever. That's why they're priced where they are. But. Given a choice between Chris Busher, who has at least shown an ability to be consistent in finishes. Like, let's take a look at this. He wrecked out at Talladega, okay? Everybody wrecks out at Talladega. If you take that out, he finished 15th at Martinsville, 15th at the Dirt Track at Bristol, 8th at Dover,
0: and 16th at Darlington. I would take that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's not sexy, right? It's, it's not. It's not. But you're talking about a guy who's 6,700, as opposed to Kislowski, who in the last five races sure, he finished 23rd at, at Talladega. But he also managed to go backwards eight spots in that race, just like his teammate did. Okay. Then he finished 17th at Martinsville, 11th at the dirt track, 20th, and then 34th.
0: Yeah, I mean, I get it. Uh, I just feel and like-
1: by the way, Chris oh, Buescher has more top tens than Kozlowski this year.
0: No, he does. But I always feel like <clears throat> I can sit here on a Wednesday or Thursday before we know the starting order and everything, and I what we say now could be completely different in two days. But True. I just feel, I just feel like I'll constantly just have more shares of Keselowski just because I, I've seen it plenty of times this year. Where if I'm, well, what's the him, leverage? It's yeah. the leverage, and that's what I like getting. Eventually, it's going to pay off, and it hasn't so far, and it's cost me dearly. And if I just keep going back to the well, then you can certify me as insane. Speaking but,
1: of, of keeping going back to the well, are you playing Kurt Busch in his
0: brand new Air Jordan paint scheme? Um, I saw it. It kind of looks weird. I know you liked it. I like the hood. I The, the concrete side paneling looks kind of weird to me. Uh, but probably I don't know. Like his results have been terrible. Yeah, uh, twenty eighth last week, thirty first at Dover, sixteenth at day after he started six and probably wrecked out of the dirt race, which I don't remember. Um, yeah, I remember earlier in the year I I was very excited about Kurt Busch. He got off to a very solid start, but he he's been absolute crap lately.
1: Yeah, he's not been he's
0: not been good, and I don't I don't know what to do about that i mean you can just make that decision when you know where he's starting yeah can be as simple as that yeah and uh, i can't quit eric jones i can't uh Er jones is tough for me because when i play him he finishes outside the top 20 when i don't play him which is often uh he finishes in the top 10 and then i feel like an idiot because i'm not winning thousands of dollars um I mean, I'm also the only the kind of person that only plays Eric Jones in like 5 to 10% of my lineup. So it's like I'm never super heavy. It's just I always hope that if he does go off, he's in my one lineup that can shoot me up the leaderboard.
1: Now, I will say that I would probably play more Daniel Suarez right now than Eric Jones.
0: Yeah, I think I could see that because he only has really – Three terrible races this year.
1: Right. One of them was
0: Talladega. Yep. Uh, Which we could just. Then the other was Coda, where he started on the front row and finished 24th. And then the other one was Vegas. Right. But he, I mean, he led like the first
1: stage at Coda and then had, and then got stuck at that terrible pit. Like the, he pitted and then there was a caution and then it was weird and he never got back up like,
0: yeah, but I don't really want to give him – I mean, I guess from a pure racing perspective, I, you can give him credit for leading the entire first day of Coda. But from a DFS perspective, that's just like 15 laps. That's right. nothing. No, I, of, like laps lap led don't matter at road courses. Fair enough. And then, yeah,
1: Vegas was not good for him.
0: But, but otherwise, he's been very solid.
1: Yeah. And, by the way, his last two finishes at Kansas were 11th and 15th. And he's in better equipment this year than when he pulled that off.
0: What's your uh, approach with uh, Ricky Steakhouse? Oh my God. Finished second at Dover, eighth last week. I, really I do want to say. I tried to avoid the Stenhouse chalk last week, and I did I avoid I do want to say I
1: hit the prop on Stenhouse last week. What was it top ten? Top ten, plus 250 for a top ten finish, and I hit that. That's pretty so good. I, I will say <laughs> I was pretty happy about that. The other prop I hit was Chase Elliott finishing higher than Martin Truex Jr. Um it worked out because DreX got caught in that wreck. Otherwise, I w- I'm not sure <laughs> it would have played out. But um, I, I don't know what to do with Stenhouse right now. <laughs> I, r- I really don't. Statistically speaking, this has not been a very good track for him. I feel like we like,
0: said the last few tracks, though.
1: That's true. <laughs> um in the last five races here he's finished 16th, 40th, 16th, 34th and 24th.
0: Not great. <laughs> so, you know what's crazy about Senhouse is that the the, the finishes the last few weeks have been really solid, but like he's he's collecting a few dominator points too. Not a lot, but he's getting like four, six, eight fastest laps and that's not great by any means but i mean he's he is only adding to his value if he is just finishing clean yeah Um, there's
1: just that thing with stenhouse where it's like when when is the luck going to run out for him and good finishes so but the, well, other, thing, the I mean, other thing to think about is yeah. that, you know, our, our buddy here, Ryan, from I Fantasy Race tweeted out earlier, Ricky Stenhouse in May, Kansas races. 2021, he finished 34th. He crashed with 14 to go while he was running 15th, okay? Then, 11th, 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 13th. So, he could be like Kyle Busch at Dover, where the fall Dover race for Kyle Busch was phenomenal, in the spring... Dover race has been terrible. Could be the case with Stenhouse. You never know, though. That's the problem.
0: And if you look at his bad races this year, uh, Talladega, he started 26th and finished 30th. And I know we we preach that he's a good plate racer and a super speedway driver, but even those guys have bad days at super speedways. Food right. City dirt race, started 16th, finished 29th. That's dirt. We can't predict how those races run. Uh, Coda started twenty eighth, finished thirty second, thirty seventh. I don't really know he's what that happened. Not will a happen. road racer. Uh, and then Daytona, he started eighteenth, twenty eighth. Again, yes, he's a good plate racer, but there's nothing he can do if he gets caught up in the wreck or just as a right. Bed.
1: But at Auto Club, where we can compare Kansas to, he started seventeenth and finished tenth.
0: Yeah, like he's had a good season when he's finished and run clean, and that mostly applies to any driver. I get it, but. Um, strategy worked in his favor at Dover, and he finished runner-up last week. Stayed clean, he finished eighth. Um, by all means, I'm more inclined to say that the move by JTG Doherty to go from a two-car team to a one-car team—absolutely—it has worked out. We were skeptical um, a few weeks ago, but it has been working out. Especially so what are we looking on at Stenhouse. Go ahead. What was that? I said especially
1: banking on Stenhouse
0: in the one-car versus <laughs> yeah anybody um, else. Where are we looking for value this week? I know it ultimately comes down to where drivers start, but, I mean, Todd Gilliland is 4,900. Ty Dillon is 51. Like, this is silly.
1: Yeah, I mean, Todd Gilliland is coming off of top 15 last week. Yes, there was a wreck. But, hey, avoiding them is – Oh, there were multiple wrecks. Well, there were, but I'm talking about the big one. Yeah. Uh, Avoiding those is how you score in DFS. And that's what he did. So we got to give him credit for that one. Um, He's not been running great. But look, in the last four races, he's moved up like five or six spots a race. At this price tag, are you not going to take it? Like, he hit 41 points last week and then dropped $400 on DK. (laughs) He was $5,300 at at Darlington and put up 41 points. And then they said, nope, that wasn't good enough. You got to drop again. Um, you know it. Look, nobody down here is gonna leave you feeling great about playing them. But he started 26- twenty. You could feel
0: solid about Ty Dillon. You could, yes, that's true. He's fifty-one, and and when I'm down here, I'm not looking for five X value. If if you are below six K, if you can give me twenty points, I'll take it. And I'm just hoping that I have you with the right dominators and the other good contrarian plays. Ty Dillon. He's gone out. At Daytona, he got 48 points. At Auto Club, 27. Vegas, 35. Phoenix, 34. You know, uh, Coda, 36. Richmond, 24. Martinsville, 30. Bristol, dirt. I know it's dirt. We can't really predict it. But he started 7th and finished 10th for 34 points. Like, he's reliable. I trust the
1: guy. He is reliable. That's generally my argument for Ty Dillon. I know people get tired of me putting Ty Dillon in the playbook, but there's a reason I keep putting him in the playbook, right? Like, at some point, you just have to get these lineup fillers in there that are going to get you reasonable points, and he's one of them. In the last three races, he's run at Kansas, 22nd, 15th, and 24th. That's an average finish of 20.3, an average start of
0: 28.3. Is it safe to say that the uh, 42 car for Petty GMS, that's just, it's just better equipment than what he ran a few years ago for Jermaine? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's definitely better equipment. So, you know, we
1: could look at those two guys. Um, I don't know what to do with Michael McDowell this year. Uh, He's got three top tens in the last four races, though, is the yeah, problem.
0: They were, right? Two of those are Dagan, Bristol Dirt.
1: Okay. And one of them was Darlington, which is about as nuts as Talladega, and he still managed to finish. I know. Seventh after starting sixteenth.
0: Like But you know if we play him this week, he's gonna wreck. Well, agreed. He's probably gonna <laughs> yeah. He didn't have a very good run at it. it I mean a cookie cutter mile and a half is not when I want to get exposure to Michael McDowell.
1: No, not usually. Um like plate race and, and like, honestly,
0: a week ago I would have also said, Yeah, but Darlington isn't the kind of race where I want to get exposure to Michael McDowell. And short, sure, if you went against that theory, it worked out for you. But we just don't see we don't see many Darlington races unfold like they did last week.
1: We almost never do. Like that was ridiculous.
0: I also never want to play Michael McDowell when he's starting sixteenth.
1: That's true. That's true. Um, what are you doing with Cody Ware since he's outscoring Denny
0: Hamlin a bunch? <laughs> uh, I'm not playing him nearly as much as Denny Hamlin. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, if you need to go down here, I, so Ryan Larkin and I were talking about this a couple of weeks ago when we were discussing Dover, and he, he told me, like, sometimes you just make a lineup with five guys in it, and you really like those five guys, and you're forced to play the one driver that's like $4,500, $4,600, and he just fits, because you like the other five drivers, and by playing this, you know the, the, the cheapest guy in the field, you're just hoping for like 17 to 20 points. And, you know, Ryan even said, was like, yeah, I took down a GPP with Josh Balicki in my lineup. And sure enough, we do get these optimal lineups or these lineups that take down the big GPPs that have a J.J. Yaley. They have a B.J. McLeod in them. Um, I guess I should broaden my <clears throat> I guess my my driver pool to where I don't feel like I need to fit Harrison Burton, Corey LaJoy, Ty Dillon, Todd Gillen, these these drivers that round my lineup out or that i feel better about i guess i should be settling a little bit more for these cody wares these jj yaleys because if i like the other five drivers you know i don't want to take one of them out to get a less confident driver just so i can fit in a justin haley or who's been great or you know you know that's my point is that like if i like four or five drivers that i have in my lineup just take a shot on a cody wear and see what happens in the GPP. Because nobody really touches these guys in the 4K range.
1: Yeah, that's that, that's very well said. Um, you know, if we're looking at average fantasy points per race on on DK, it's a little unfair to count Noah Gregson in there because he's only raced five times. Um, same with Yaley and Balicki, but whatever. There are... I would say more than half the field is like twenty six points or worse right like the the splitting line's probably about twenty six twenty seven points on d k for they they get you to the average point in the field mm-hmm. okay if that's the case, then guys like Cory LaJoy's twenty five points and Todd Gilliland's 23-6, and, you know, Cody Ware's nineteen four, They're not necessarily killing you if they allow you to get a guy, like, let's say, five guys. Like, let me just try and build a lineup here. Let's go Chase Elliott just for fun, and we'll go Kevin Harvick because we really like him at 8700 bucks, And I like Kyle Busch quite a lot this week, so we'll go him. And let's see, who else are we going to go with? That's going to be a little pricey. We'll talk, in, talk me into Austin Dillon, so we'll go there. And how about Tyler Reddick at $8,900? Can't do it because that's $3,700 off. So that sticks. Let's try this again. Flying by the seat of my pants here. <laughs> we're going to go with, with Daniel Suarez. That leaves me with $5,100. Right? So if we're looking at the guys that I can afford. We're talking about Ty Dillon, Gilliland, Balicki, McLeod, Ware, and Yaley. So if I like those five guys, you've got to eat something there. And so.
0: Well, I think it's pretty easy to like Ty Dillon and and Ty. Yeah, I think it's probably to maybe take a shot on Cody Ware, who will carry much less ownership. And while Dylan and Gilliland are the safer plays, you know, it's kind of the move that you need to make. Do you really want to try and take down a GPP? Because in that case, it might be Cody where that's the play.
1: Right. And, you know, the example didn't necessarily work out because I was hoping to avoid Ty Dillon, who we had just talked about his, no I like him quite a lot. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's the point, is that if half the field is averaging 27 or less points, <clears throat> getting five guys who average more than that and then you're going to have to eat the guy that's just a little bit under, that's not so bad.
0: All right. Anybody else or any strategies you want to discuss? We've, we're have we almost flirting with an hour for this podcast.
1: Well, I mean, there was a lot to, a lot to talk about. Um, so I would say that, you know, Track Breakdown will be out on Friday. We'll have um, strategy discussion in there. Um, but, you know, overall, we're talking about fairly standard DFS strategy this week, right? It's Kansas. It's a mile and a half. There's going to be laps led. There's going to be dominator points. Guys are going to be able to pass. They're going to be able to move up. So it's basically your standard DFS strategy. We want guys that are going to have clean races, finish highly, move up preferably, and lead laps, right? It's That's the goal of DFS. There's not really a special way to get around that. Um, so, yeah, that's what I would say. Um, Playbook will have the average points by starting spot. So that'll illustrate kind of where we want to uh, take some guys from. And again, so you know, I, I want to finagle some of this data because again, within the last five races, there was a race where like half the field started in the back. that should not have been there because they had all qualified well and then they just failed. Tech inspection that skews the bejesus out of the scoring. Um, but you know that that's the general strategy. I don't think that there's a whole lot of weather in play this weekend. There might be. Uh, keep your eye out. You know, gets hot here in the Midwest. It's going to cool itself down with a with 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 a thunderstorm. So keep our eye out because it is a two day show. And um, then it's kind of like an off
0: week next week. For you, well, for me, yes. <laughs> Apologies to you, there, Dan. That's fine. I got no problem covering both races, but uh... but
1: yeah, it's you know, if you want to play, go for it. Do not play heavily next week. You can play normal this week. Um, and as for whether it's more cash or GPP, it'll be determined by who starts where.
0: All right. Well, Matt, good stuff. As always, we will be in the discord this weekend for well, I'll be in there all day Saturday, and then I'll stick around uh, for the truck night race. But then we'll be back there Sunday. And then we're off next week for the podcast. But Matt, best of luck to you this week. And best of luck to the F.A. Nation. Best of
1: luck, F.A. Nation.